This upcoming concert season will be all about the boots, and Tecovis is your stop for the best in Western style. Tecovis has seasonal and limited edition offerings this spring and summer, including men's and women's boots, apparel, hats, bags, and more. All Tecovis boots are made by hand in a time-honored tradition with timeless styles that are always on trend. And Tecovis has first wear comfort with little to no break-in period. It's hard to find this level of comfort paired with this level of style. Stop by your local Tecova store, have a complimentary drink or two, that's WCB style, and shop new styles. The smell of fresh leather and friendly staff are at your service. Many stores even have leather custom branding to make your boots truly personalized. And with regular live music and events, there's no in-store experience like it. If you can't make it into a store, just visit tecovas.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com. They offer free shipping on all boots, as well as free returns and exchanges, and ship right to your door. Go to tecovas.com and find your new favorite pair of boots today. Fishing like a local isn't just about catching fish. It's about connecting with the environment and the people who call it home. It's about hearing the stories and traditions that have been passed down for generations and sharing unforgettable moments with the people you meet along the way. Fishing like a local is having an experience that stays with you forever. And with Fishing Booker, you can experience it too, no matter where you are. Discover your next adventure on Fishing Booker. Everyone, thanks for listening to the Western Hunting Hub podcast. In this week's episode, I am jumping into a gear dump and gear list that I have created. It's taken me a few years to really nail down my system and what works for me but I have now figured it out. I am just making small tweaks throughout the years, but I really like where it's at and wanted to share that with you. I've done one of these in the past, but it is, again, improved from then. So uh, let's dive down deep into some gear. And once again, if you enjoy this episode, please like, subscribe, follow, and thanks again for listening. Gear is always a fun topic to go into, no matter if you're a new hunter or a veteran. If you've got your system dialed, please share it and or some of those pieces that you're proud of. And I'd love to share some of those tips and those things in the next episode. Because uh, even though I'm proud of what I've got going and I've spent some time to get it organized, I would love to learn from others. And hopefully, the reason why you're listening, hopefully you want to learn how I do it do mine. So one of the most important pieces I believe is the organization and simplicity of it all. If you don't know what you have and where it is at the time that you need it, then you spend too much time fidgeting around and less time hunting. I'm going to share with you my organization and how I do that on top of say a gear list. I was elk hunting with a buddy that he had been elk hunting for two seasons prior with zero success. Really frustrated. He just couldn't, he was reading every book, doing everything he could, absorbing all the content he could. Uh, And so one season I decided, hey, let's go out. I've got some time. It's opening weekend. I don't have a tag or anything for this, this season. So I've got the time. We went out super late one evening uh got to a spot we both parked our both drove our trucks uh we both slept in in our own trucks woke up that early early in the next morning while it was still dark had a four-wheeler ride to do so as we're getting ready i was ready 
15 minutes or so, five minutes, I don't know what it was, but 20, 30 minutes later, uh, he's still getting ready and it, and it took some time. I was waiting and waiting. It's like, okay, we got to go. Had a vehicle pass us on the trail. I was like, ah, oh, crap. I don't, hopefully he's not going to the same place we are. Ended up being that we arrived at our spot just seconds before that guy. Um, no, what we did, we passed the spot that we went to, wanted to go to, and I had forgotten, like, oh, no, we want to go back to this other spot. Uh, so I came back, and that's when we met that other person right there. They had, so it was one of those, we got to the trailhead at the same time, even though there's no real trailhead. We had pre-scouted this area and knew that elk were funneling into this this spot. You could see it from a road, but it was yet a 20-mile four-wheeler ride to get down to that area because there was private cutting that off. So we saw that it was a kid and his dad, and of course, we yielded to the kid and his dad. I said, go for it. Yep, we know he was going to go sit in the exact same spot we were. We showed each other on our map. Okay, yep, go for it kid ended up shooting a nice nice uh five point bull and my buddy missed out don't feel bad about it because it was a kid that went and shot his his first bull but we also were playing the game out there we got up early and we're ready to roll gonna get into this spot early uh but because of gear issue organization not knowing what he had and what he needed ended up being that it took too long and wasn't spending that time hunting it's tough for some of us to not go down the gear junkie road and buy all the top brands. I've done some of that and I honestly haven't really regretted it. I do that in certain areas of my gear. Uh, number one, a pack. That's important to me. Number two, boots, good footwear. Number three, optics. And number four, clothing. Uh, honestly, I, I think those four things are things that where I've spent a little more money and have been very pleased with that. So save up uh, and purchase a few of those nice items, and if and I'm pretty sure you won't regret it. So let's dive into my system. I like to categorize my gear into a few different areas. I've got this list organized, and I'll share share that with you. Um, but you can also go check out XL Mountain Gear site to use their template that they have it's on their resources page so go check that out but i'll, I'll share you mine if you want that uh, but in this episode we're not going to get through it all we're going to just dive through a couple things with the items as well as the organization with that so first is a pack and the pack system uh, i go with a 4800 xo mountain gear uh, pack it, it was a lot of money and it took me a little bit to buy that, but I do not regret it one second. Uh, my dad's bought that same pack. We gave one away on this show uh, in the first year of the show, and, and that guy loves it. Uh, another buddy of mine bought one. Uh, another buddy of mine bought, the, bought one, and, and they've all had some really great things to say about it. Uh, like all packs, there's always little little glitches on it, but, but this one, I've, I've been pretty very pleased with it. And the reason for that is because of how it's organized. It has that pack that separates or the bag that separates from the frame, allowing you to put that weight of the meat as close as possible to your body. And that's going to sit really nicely. We've done two episodes with Exo Mountain Gear, so scroll way back and you'll find each one of those to learn more about those, those packs. Uh, the other thing that I really like about it is the pocket options. Stone Glacier was my other option. I think they're 
they create some very high quality products and I would definitely use one of those packs. But when I was purchasing, I just didn't see the pocket options and maybe that's my ignorance. I'm sure they've got some, some good pocket options, but I really like those external pockets to help keep things organized. The stone glacier just seemed like one giant big bag. Uh, but I could be wrong. Uh, Kefaru, uh, I, I, that's one I have in a day pack, uh, very high quality, uh, American made, you know, tough, but it has a lot of these extra options and they feel so heavy. Uh, and I just, I had a Exo Mount gear before I heard about Kefaru for my, my, uh, bigger pack. So I didn't get it. So in that pack, there's also a, uh, I got to have a water bladder. I don't have to, but there is a water bladder slot. So that was kind of my kickoff to say, okay, I'll give it a try. I hadn't been using them, uh, cause I really struggled to drink water. I do not drink water even on a daily basis. I'm like a horse, <laughs> I'm like a horse that goes to water once a day. I get home and I chug glass after glass and, and, and during the day I try and drink a little bit same while I'm in the field. Hope it doesn't come back to bite me someday, but uh, I struggle to drink water. And because of that, I also uh, don't need as much while I'm while I'm hunting. I can go days and days with with just that that minimal minimal amount. Um, but when I go to water, I can stock up, take a big big gulps, and and I'm good to go while still consuming enough to keep me hydrated, keep my energy up. So that pack has that water bladder option and it's in a water tight pocket. So if the water bladder bursts, uh, that's there. I really, the only thing with water bladders that I don't like is that you can't really tell what's in there. It's hard to tell how much you have left. So rationing your water is a little trickier. So that's just my like go-to. I drink that first and then I have my water bottle in the pouch so I know what's there and I base off how much water I have on uh kind of what's what's in that bottle and everything in the in the bladder is just kind of that bonus drink this up because you need to the other thing that I'll throw in most of the time is a pack cover I've got two uh one is a blue one that I've had forever since I was 14 one of my first pack backpacking trip uh Super old, reusing that. Definitely didn't spend any money on that uh, in the last th- two decades. So that one I just conditioned with some of that silicone spray. Good to go. The other one I found while I was shed hunting. It's a bright orange uh, pack cover. So it's nice to have something for uh, rifle season to, to throw something on there. The other thing, I know this is an odd item to say right now, but sunscreen uh, it was something that I attached to my pack. I've done it the last two years and I'm done. I, it was a little clip, a uh, carabiner that you clip on the outside of the pack. I thought, perfect there. I'm never going to use sunscreen unless it's accessible, but when it's 70 to 80 degrees in the high desert, of Northwestern Colorado, I've really needed some sunscreen. I'm fair skin, uh, just to put a little on my nose. So I don't want to get burnt that battered on my hands and it's that scent free stuff. Not going to, I would like to bring some again, but I'm not putting it on the outside of my pack. Bad place for that. Every time it pops open or it's a pressure thing, I don't know. And it gets all over. It's been on my bow. It's been on, um, all over my pack, uh, and leaving those almost like a grease stain in it. That's been hard to get out. So I would think of another option for that thinking maybe Ziploc bag in my, uh, 
kind of by my toothbrush and everything else. The other thing that's on my back is my, I've got a little sole, uh, holster that fits on my hip belt there. So, and I take my backpack off, gun goes with it. Uh, I just carry a little nine millimeter sidearm. It's s- subcompact, it's pretty small. Um, and the only reason I carry that is totally just for a self-defense, um, finding weirdos in the woods, that sort of thing. Not that that's very common, but it's more of just a peace of mind. I never know what I'm going to experience. Uh, I do also have a Smith and Wesson PD light. It's 44 meg. It's super lightweight, very awesome gun. Uh, I got teacher of the year back in like 2016 or something like that. And so I had got this, this thousand bucks. That's what you got. You got your golden apple and then a thousand bucks. So I said gun money. That's what I was went and bought uh, thinking that I'd be going to Alaska in the next few years. So I thought I needed a gun for Alaska, a bear gun. So that's, <laughs> that's what I went out and bought. Probably could have ended up with a, a nicer hunting rifle, uh, and use it a lot more. So kind of one of those investments that yeah, you probably, probably shouldn't have made and, and put it into something else, but still a cool gun. And if I ever do hunt grizzly country or go to Alaska, I got the perfect sidearm for that. The only thing is I think that hip belt, although it's quick, it's right there. I could do that probably just as fast as across my chest it may if i take my pack off it's not there so uh, i'll think about that once once the elastica trip is booked if ever the next thing I, and i add this here because i think there's a solution to outside your pack i sometimes bring sunglasses because it, there's been times when it snows and you literally looking at sun blindness it's painful uh you're squinting all the time so sunglasses are kind of nice but I just don't know where to store them. So if anybody's got a tip on sunglass storage on your pack, I just feel like I put them in my pocket, going to break them. I put them in a pack, I feel like I'm going to squish and break them. It's the same deal with like your your headlamp. Anything where you put it, it's going to get turned on, the better it's going to be dead. So find a solution for that and share it with me. On that pack also is a hip pouch. Uh, I only elected to get the one. It's on my left-hand side, a nice little zip. I can put some extra ammo in there, uh, chapstick. I can put um, uh, my my charging, my uh, power charge box thing, whatever it is, uh, my phone. That's usually right in my pocket. So that right there is the pack and pack system uh, organization and, and those pieces to it. The next system is my shelter and sleep system. So obviously all of this is weather dependent and hunt dependent, but I really am kind of thinking about, let's look at this next season. And probably the one people mostly look forward to is that archery elk, that earlier season, or even into October, it really wouldn't change much. Uh, I try to go light. If I am hiking in and I've got a spike camp, camp is on my back, I struggle to carry my lightweight tent. My lightweight tent from, I have all a bunch of Big Agnes stuff. If you remember back to a bunch of episodes ago, uh, we had Big Agnes on and, and uh, somehow they were nice enough to throw me a bone on a bunch of, bunch of gear, which is cool. So they, um, I, I, I've got some of their stuff. Their lightweight tent is 47 ounces. I bought that one actually. It's 47 ounces. Their Onyx tarp 
is seven ounces. Um, I've elected to use that quite frequently. It's way nicer. Uh, it's small. It sticks right into the side pocket. There's two really tall pockets on that pack. And so it slides right down in there. All it has is two pole or one pole, short little carbon fiber pole, uh, a couple of stakes, which would add a couple, an ounce or two, a few ounces. And then, uh, your trekking poles are what hold it up. I have had that in a 14 inch snowstorm. Um, not a storm. It fell. And then, uh, I had to shake it all off and then sleep that night really wouldn't have worked in a windy storm at all, but in a very heavily sheltered area, just taking that snow weight, I had to knock it off all the time. It was kind of a mess, not ideal, but I survived and it wasn't too terrible bad. Jumped into those frozen boots, frozen pants, and it was just one of those experiences that my buddy Jason and I will will remember. It was a, a great time, but that weather change was horrible that one year in, in Colorado during archery season. The next thing with Big Agnes and my sleep system is their sleeping pads. Uh, this is one of my comforts. So in this system, the sleeping system, uh, it has my comforts. Comforts are how my system will differ than the next guys. And same with you. Uh, you all need to customize your system and realize where is it that you just, you it's non-negotiable. Uh, and so you're going to spend a little extra time uh, and some money or, or weight to, to have that. And mine is in my sleep. I've struggled to sleep on the ground since mid twenties or so. And it's just because I'm a side sleeper and I'm skinny. So my hips hurt, uh, laying there on the ground. Big Agnes has this orange sleeping pad. It, it is loud with the sleeping bag and that pad material rubbing together, it is very, very loud. Uh, and I didn't like it. So I contacted him. I was like, what else you got? I need something that's not so loud. It wakes me up. And so I went with their insulated one, their blue one, uh, which is 39 ounces versus 26 for the orange one, the old one I had. And so there again, I am adding another, uh, 13 ounces just to, just to have some more comfort, but yet it's a 39 ounce piece and it takes up a lot of space to have that sleeping pad. I could go with a little foam deal, uh, and save probably 35 ounces. But again, that's a comfort thing, non-negotiable. It goes in for any backcountry hunt. A pillow has also been that additional thing. Yes, I've watered up all kinds of clothing, uh, but there's this teeny little small ways, probably an ounce, uh, sleeping pad that blows or yeah, it's sleeping pad style. It blows up. Uh, it cost me like 10 bucks. Really, really glad I have a great addition to my pack. My sleeping bag is also a big Agnes anvil, 15 degree, 15 degrees, kind of my go-to for three seasons. Um, the, it's not till you get to, depends on what the weather is, October, November, and up to uh, late, early spring, going to need something a little warmer, but the, uh, that 15 degree bag is, is what I like. And I'm using that, that smart down or whatever it is, that down tech that they, they have put out and how that is organized is that the, I ditched the original bag that that comes in. And I shove that into the 
uh, blow-up bag for the Big Agnes pads. So the pads that they have, you attach this little thing, this little scrommet that is on this dry bag, essentially. You blow into that dry bag. It airs up, and you squeeze that air into the pad. Super slick. I don't have to blow it up. Use a lot of air. Uh, I counted last time. It took me six times to fill, fill up that air airbag or that dry bag, squeeze it all into in there. And I had maybe a couple of puffs of air to get it really, really tight and close it up. Good to go. It's got a nice valve on one way valve on there on the uh, sleeping pad. So uh, that comes off really nicely. So I'm a pad anyway, that bag that I used to air up is what I shove my sleeping bag in. So now it's, there's no extra cover uh, and it's got the uh, dry bag around it. Because oftentimes that sleeping bag gets strapped to the outside, especially if I had have three to five days of food uh, on me and I'm going to a spike camp, then I I need to ditch that food to get a bag in there or just ditch the bag at, at my spike camp. The absolute game changer on my sleep system is a bag liner. Uh, through an interesting series of events, I found bag liners. I didn't know what they were. When I managed a gear room uh, from my old school district, they had 189 sleeping bags, and they were used with anywhere from first graders to to high schoolers. And remember washing a bunch of sleeping bags is a great time when a fourth grader wet the bed and had to deal with that. But it needed to wash them, and these kids are sharing bags, so it's kind of was like, how are we going to do that? So it's not gross, Uh, and so I was getting these washing machines, industrial washing machines are expensive. It's just not going to work. So I got these, uh, just giant ones at home and I was able to wash two sleeping bags at a time. Six months later, all the bags are washed. Contact the company. It's like, there's got to be a better way. What do you got? Sleeping bag liners is what I found out. And the best thing ever, Merino wool sleeping bag liners. I think it's 17 ounces, but again, another non-negotiable for my system. When I crawl into my bag, it's not cold. It's comfortable. Uh, I've got a sheet when it's warm and then, uh, it adds another like five to seven degrees or something like that. So the other thing that I'm going to add in this section is my camp chair. I have been, that's a comfort. Doesn't need to go. It's 19 ounces uh, fold up one from Big Agnes. All it is is just some legs that fold out and in a, a chair. I've hunted out of it, sitting sitting neck off of a water hole, uh, sitting on it. I have used it back at camp, and it's really nice to have a place to just sit. And that's not a rock. It's not on uh, some thorns and and whatever else. Uh, if you're if I was in an area that I'd need to do some heavy glassing, that's the thing that's coming. Uh, I've got two of those camp chairs and one of them always goes. That's again, a non-negotiable, another, another pound, just over a pound, but well worth it in my system. So again, how this is organized, I was missing some of those components there. The pad, pillow, uh, and the bag liner all get shoved way down in the bottom of the main part of the bag. I shove it way down there. The tarp or tent and then my chair go in one or both of the side pockets just because that's where they fit the best. Uh, and then I need the rest of my inner bag for food, main bag for food. So the reason why I'm burying that stuff is because I figure once I get to camp, I'm going to kind of do a 
ditch the things I don't need anyway. Uh, and I'll be able to pull that out, pull everything out, which takes me not long because there's only like food and uh, all my bags organized in there with the, the sleep system down the bottom. It's simple. Uh, so I pull that out, ditch it, set up camp, set up my tarp, set up my, my, my tent, whatever I need, and then throw my things back in there, hang my food and off I go. I'm pretty, pretty efficient with it and ready. Uh, the other thing that I don't have, I haven't said how I'm going to put it in there is my sleeping bag. Oftentimes that does get strapped to the outside cause it is just a big space saver, space taker upper. So that's got to go on the outside. I have put that in a black plastic bag before as well, but that dry bag, um, actually I think it's got a hole in it, even though it's my blow up airbag, it's, it's still holding strong with this small little pinhole in it. Uh, so that that's kind of got on its last little leg there, or I can put a plastic bag on it. If you don't have that air up bag, that's the other great thing to do. Just put a black plastic bag, uh, on there. Uh, and that's another one of those items that, uh, is a good thing to have. It's been on my list. I haven't really wanted to use it or put it in there yet. Uh, listening to Remy Warren, he talks about a black plastic bag as being one of those top gear list items. Uh, it's kind of what his thing is. I just haven't felt that need to, that I would ever use one. Um, a couple times maybe, yes, but tell me if I'm wrong. Tell me what you're using your black plastic bags for. Uh, but that would be a good place to store that is putting your sleeping bag in it uh, and then and storing that on the outside of your pack if you had to just to save some space. So that is kind of where all of that sleep system stuff is. Uh, it doesn't need to be accessible. So in my personal care and essentials section, I have uh, one red dry bag. That is my food bag for the day. Personal care items uh, are organized in that as well. Uh, it's just one Ziploc with some of those, some of this that stays back at camp. So my uh, toothbrush, toothpaste, not my toilet paper. That goes along. Toilet paper, wet wipes, having a nice little, not the whole package of wet wipes, but just planning for how many you might want to need, might want to use. Uh, if you want a funny video, go watch Alpha Bow Hunting. See uh, the um, toilet or the how to how to poop in the woods video. It's pretty funny doing wet, dry, wet method. So go check that out. It's funny. But the uh, toilet paper, wet wipes, and then just a little teeny bottle of sanitizer, which are everywhere at any trade show ever. Pick one up from a bank. Uh, so those are free. They're giving them out. Uh, and then uh, body wipes. This has been a, game, a really awesome deal for me as well. These The big sheet dry wipes that sent whoever makes, uh, those are my wipe down before I go to bed every night. And again, another little thing that makes me sleep way better. It gets that nasty off of you, gets the stink off of you. Uh, and then when you're laying in bed, you're not so sticky. Also, another little tip, when you're laying in a merino wool sheet, it's your skin is not sticking to that that material of a sleeping bag either. So that is a definite win-win. So those couple of items are either left in a dry in a Ziploc bag back at camp in my food bag, because I put that up in a tree, even toothpaste to attract a bear. Uh, and then my wet wipes and toilet paper, that's all pretty accessible in uh, a pocket on, on one of my more external pockets on my pack, uh, ready to go in case I need it. 
my emergency kit. Exo Mountain Gear has these little teeny hide a pocket things or it's got a little bucket buckle that you can clip it on the inside so it's you don't lose it so this this little bag i got it in my hand it's only like eight inches long by six or so so if i need anything from this this is typically my uh it, it's not very accessible place it's going to be in my main bag uh, but if i do clip it to that little thing in the pack i know it's where it's going to be and i can open it up and 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 it'll be hanging there uh, as long as I don't need too much of that space in my bag for it. But the only downside to, uh, to that is not taking the time to get it out. Um, so when you have a hot spot on your foot, uh, you, you never really wanted to dig in your main bag. So maybe a little tip would be to, to throw a little bit of duct tape or something or moleskin in, in a more accessible spot in case you get, if you are the person that gets hot spots a lot, that's, that'd be a good thing to do. I, I probably haven't had a blister in years and years. So, um, I don't really ever use that stuff, but in this emergency kit, I have three things. I have survival items, I have first aid, and then I have repair and fix stuff. So with repair and fix, I have obviously a little bit of duct tape, uh, there's duct tape, but I got Gorilla Tape as well. And all I did was take a little piece of cardboard and I wrapped some of this on there. So it's nice and flat. Duct tape is very heavy. And I just wrapped it around this little piece of cardboard so I don't only have a small little bit. Also with repair, this is my Allen wrenches. And that's about all I carry. Uh, I know there are some bow stringers and things that you can have along i figure if that happens i'm i'm gonna need to hike out anyway uh if my bow has an issue or malfunction uh i guess i'm not that handy with my bow so that's got to be something i'm gonna go get some help with uh but that for repair and fix that's probably the majority of what i got is is uh um, some allen wrenches and some tape all right so getting in here i'm just dumping this baby out all over my desk and we have for the survival piece um if you remember listening to my buddy jason he and i used to teach a uh, little winter survival class we take kids camping and one thing we taught those kids in there has always stuck with me and so i've learned this essentially from jason um the uh three ways of signaling three ways of starting a fire uh and uh three ways of, of something there to, to maybe help you build a shelter of some sort. So what I have in here is I have that glass mirror. There's one way of signaling. I have lighters, uh, two Bic lighters. More than one is great. Uh, I've even heard of people throwing these Bic lighters in different areas in case you ditch your pack somewhere. Uh, and then I've got, where's my other signal? Where's my other signal? Hmm. I'm going to need to get one back in here. There, it should be a, one of those emergency blankets. So I'm going to need to get another emergency blank blanket. That would be a great way to signal as well. A couple, three ways to start a fire. Uh, again, fire. So some of these things are redundant, which is good. And then I've got this small little thing of, it was more of the sample of pyro putty still has never been used but we know that stuff is great and i didn't want that giant can so i'm glad to have a small little piece there uh other things with the uh starting a fire oh um i've got one two 
I've had a magnesium strip in here. Looks like I've kind of ditched it, uh, pulled a couple things out just to lighten the load. So uh, I'm kind of going against what I'm saying here, but uh, it, it would be a nice thing to have. Uh, and then first aid related, there is your general gauze something. And this is going to be important to have some big enough gauze pieces or at least be prepared to rip, take your shirt off and shove it in a hole if you got you got a bad, bad wound. Uh, but there's some little steri strips that I've got, typical little band-aids, something like that, even a needle and thread just in case. And then some uh, saline wipes of some sort, uh, as well as a bunch of little packages of some different pills. I have uh, some Benadryl, which is going to be for any sort of allergic reaction. I've even thrown a couple of allergy pills in there just in case. And then I got this little packet of pills that says E on it. Nope, not ecstasy. Then I see my writing aspirin. There it is. Okay. So I got a couple little things in there for, uh, also just in case, uh, I'm with someone older that, that has a, um, is having an heart issue. So some aspirin is that first thing you need to give them. Uh, that's also Benadryl. Someone ha is having allergic reaction. We got to get that to them. The other thing I keep in, no, not in here. I used to keep my, uh, Tylenol PM in here, but now I keep it with my food so that every night I want to take a Tylenol PM before I go to bed. Uh, so I'm feeling good, get a good night's rest. Uh, it's readily available instead of digging through this pack, which I'll never do. So there's, uh, also some ibuprofen. Um, yeah, it's just a couple of those little, your typical pills that you might find and that you'd want to need. The other thing that's in here is some extra batteries. Lithium batteries are the best thing ever because they are way lightweight compared to, uh, our, our other ones, alkali batteries. So it's nice to have those. And another little trick my buddy Jason showed me is just taking a little bit of electrical tape, wrapping all three of those batteries up. And now you have a little piece of tape if you need to, for some reason, my other headlamps in this, this little pack, but I'm obviously not ready for first hunting season. There is a compass in this, uh, but another one of those things that I'll get to later. Um, but it's, uh, um, not important for me. I do have a little snare in there, a little rabbit snare. It was just something I had from a while. So I threw it in there just because, so that whole thing can be a little heavy. Oh, and then athletic tape. Uh, my wife is an athletic trainer. So athletic tape is everywhere. Uh, nice thing to have to wrap up whatever. And, and athletic tape doesn't weigh a whole lot compared to duct tape. Sticking with the personal care and essentials area is some of these loose pieces face paint or cover. I bring it a lot and I never use it. Probably going to be looking at doing something different with that. Again, uh, that contractor bag, uh, think about that. See if, if you got any tips, I'd love to hear it. And then chapstick. Uh, it's funny because I was just mentioning Remy Warren's suggestion on contractor bag. You hear his suggestion on chapstick. He is a never, no way, no how I'm thinking chapstick is a yes way. Always never without kind of thing that is always in my bino harness or in my hip pouch. Love, love, love having a little hunk of chapstick for, uh, those just wind dried lips. It hurts. It's just uncomfortable. Uh, 
Uh, and I, I know a lot of people need a little bit more than that, maybe even some medicated stuff. And then there's a little pocket knife that I just carried around in my bino harness. So that bino harness, I do have one of those bigger ones with multiple pockets on it. Uh, that has been handy, very, very handy for me. Next section is the cooking and drinking or water supply. So all in the same red dry bag that I was talking about before. That contains some of my personal items and food for the day. In my main bag area in the top, that's where I want to keep uh, all of that when I'm hiking in. My water filtration system uh, stays on one pouch and will eventually kind of gravitate towards the lid of my pack uh, once I've ditched my stuff. Uh, and that way it's accessible in the middle of the day. I don't mind digging in my lid uh, of my pack as much as I do in the main bag. I hate digging in my main bag. So in this food bag, this is when I'm getting it out when I need something um, for the middle of the day. I'm sitting down for lunch. In there is a jet boil with a fuel canister. Really glad I made that purchase. I know there's a couple better products out there. The jet boil one is the one that fit my needs and it's not even the variable uh, temperature on it, but I figure if I ever want to cook out of it, I can just separate that flame a little bit to reduce the heat and I'll make do. And I made, I saved my 40 bucks or whatever it was for the, for the better one. Uh, and then, uh, in there is a long handled spoon, uh, titanium spoon from sea to summer or whatever that company is Uh really nice addition. That's the only silverware I bring along. And then my water system is a Sawyer water system. It's that $15 to $20 one you can buy at Walmart. I buy two of them. And then it's important to bring that syringe along and some tubing to fit on both ends of that. You do need to clean those out at times. Uh, but they are slick, they're fast, they're small, and they're light. And they also filter up to 0.01 microns, which is just as good, if not better than like an MSR, which can be 0.02. I did some tests on all that and uh, back teaching outdoor ed at that school district and found out those Sawyers are, are a great, great way to go. If your water's dirty, they are going to get filtered and, or they're going to get plugged a little bit more and slow down. So uh, if you do have a really silty area, you're probably going to have to go with something a little different than that. Um, the pumps are probably going to be a little bit better, but they are a full pound. Uh, I do for water bring one, maybe two Nalgene style bottles, uh, depending on the water availability in the area. Then I've got a, the little dirty bag for the Sawyer so that you can scoop up water. Cause you'd realize you do need to have a dirty bottle of some sort to scoop water. Uh, so that you're not putting, you're not scooping your, your clean bottle and putting good water in it. So th that is going to contaminate, get, get all kinds of bacteria and stuff in there and eventually essentially make your filtering worthless. Uh, a metal cup is other, one of those other nice things, but I ditch it a lot of the times, a lot of time. It's, it's nice to have a, make my coffee in that, but I end up just drinking my coffee out of my my jet boil when I want to be lightweight and just kind of staggering that between that and my meal. But if I'm not worried about, about weight sometimes, and it's just one day I'll throw in that metal cup and it's nice to have to, to drink my coffee out of my food, which is another podcast in itself is all in the main pocket. And then after I've ditched my stuff at my spike camp, uh, I put my food for the day in that lid. So it's easily accessible 
Uh, and then it's sometimes at the beginning of the day, it's a little tight, but it, uh, as you eat a little bit more, gets lighter, fits in there a little bit better. Electronics. This area requires some special care. I'm really reliant on my electronics to the point that would make all old timers just cringe. I, I have an compass in my emergency kit, but it's not high in my priority list. Uh, the items that are high in my priority list are a headlamp and a backup. That headlamp, one is in a hip pouch and one is in the uh, lid of my pocket. I know right in one of those areas it gets the least amount of pressure bouncing around and not going to get turned on. I love these Energizer ones from Walmart. They are bright and their batteries last a long time. I've had black diamonds, multiple, lost them, used them. These ones are always sticking around. Uh, and I, I think they're, they're pretty nice. They work really well. I think you can even lock them, but I think the 450 lumen ones, uh, they are the red or yellow are excellent, excellent. And, and uh, good bang for your buck. The other thing that I have is my phone. My phone is in my pocket all the time. Uh, two years ago, I lost it while I was elk hunting and didn't find it for another day and a half or something like that. Uh, it bothered me and call me, uh, I, I guess I do fall in that millennial age, but call me a millennial who can't handle this being without his phone. Uh, but it's my hunting tool. I use that. I look at it to see what's over that ridge. It's a tool for hunting. And I also, um, I also love to stay in contact with home. Uh, call me a sissy, but it's important to me to stay in contact with home. If I've got cell service, which even in lots of really remote areas of Northwest Colorado, there's some good cell service. I really, really, uh, am nervous about leaving home sometimes for too long. Uh, I, my wife can't do stuff without me she needs me. She's raising two kids and I want to stay in contact. It's, it's, uh, I need to check in and I want her to have that ease that, uh, she knows I'm good. Uh, I'm, not one of those guys that can be gone for 15 days with zero contact. That's not my family. It doesn't work for me. And I don't think that works for a lot of people. So uh, I think I can relate with the, the common guy here. The next thing, because I am reliant on my technology and I've taught a lot of navigation classes, compass, map, compass stuff. It's not that I don't know how to use all that th stuff, but I just don't see it as necessary as it used to. And I know, and I know I've had a lot of people say, I'm glad you're using this compass to teach this class. I'm glad you're doing that. We got to keep using that. Um, I don't anymore. So I, it's not important to me. As long as I got my technology, I'm good. If my phone goes down, um, well, where I'm elk hunting, I probably would last quite a while. I'm, I'm do, I can do pretty good, uh, for where I'm at. I'm, I'm not reliant on it necessarily to get out all the time. Uh, I've got my other navigation skills that I'm using to keep track of where I'm at, but that, that phone just helps me with the pinpointing and a game plan of all those things. So a power bank is so important. Uh, with the phone charging cable, even a backup phone charging cable, those stupid cables go bad sometimes. Uh, but depending on the length of the trip, I have more than one for sure. Uh, and they are just some cheaper ones. They're not very, very lightweight, but they're cheaper ones. Uh, I would love to have a, a solar kit like some, some of you guys have. And then also, like what I said, it was in my emergency kit. I got extra batteries here for my headlamp. I've used an inReach before. Uh, it would be nice to have, and as I age, I'm going to go down that path and, and get something. But 
if you remember back from my Onyx episode last time with Dylan, he had shared Onyx is working on something. Uh, so I don't know if there's something there in the future. And by the time I'm 50, uh, afraid of having a heart attack or heart issues or blown out knee or something like that, I bet you there'll be another product out there for me to, uh, just to have on my phone where I can connect or something to send a, send an emergency. The organization of your hunting system is key to comfort efficiency and ultimately allowing you to be out longer. As I'm hunting, I have these external pockets and these areas to to ditch or put a jacket, other layers. My charging system is my hip pocket. My phone is in my, my pants pocket. Water is readily available. And uh, and out of the, the rest of the items I shared, that camp is tucked away. It's not easily accessible. My food is. My snacks are. Uh, I can think of all these things that are on my gear list, and I can almost, like, shut my eyes and reach for it in my bag. Like, I know exactly where that as is. But lastly, I have my sidearm close by, snacks on the top. Uh, there's a lot more to this system, but as of now, we're uh, on our way to about a 30-pound pack before water and food. I'd be comfortable enough with that for a three to three to five days. So uh, not without food and water. Yeah, food and water gets that baby up there quite a bit more. So get your pack system dialed. As you're thinking about the elk and the deer woods, now is the time to tinker with that, with what you have. Uh, companies are doing some sales uh, between now and the seasons uh, that you that we got coming up in the fall. So make sure you don't miss out on those sales and, and pick up that missing item that's, that's uh, not in your system. So thanks again for listening and we'll continue on with this gear list next time.